Welcome, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance. Over the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's jump into it. Okay, everybody, we are doing an immediate follow-up to the episode we just had. It was a sample interview, part one, of what a meeting, an introductory meeting with your advisor would look like. Uh, and I have John here, my good friend, who uh, graciously helped uh, helped out, and we were able to interview him as an actual client would be interviewed. Uh, and so him and I are just going to, we're just going to review it and, and freely talk about it and, and sort of just... I guess free ball would be the right term, how it went. So, John, uh, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, um, so I think the meeting went well, and one of the things that kind of I go into going into the meeting um, is, you know, can I trust the you know financial advisors? Mm-hmm. You know, I think they get a, a bad rap, and uh, I think it's just really important to find someone you trust, um, and that's what, what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, well, first off, that's... I mean, that's part of the reason why I left the industry that I was in. So for you guys that don't know, I was first with Lincoln Financial with one of the most successful firms in the world. Um, Both of the head advisors there uh, were making $10 million just waking up and they had been doing it for 40 years and they had advisors underneath them. I don't know, maybe 30, 40 advisors underneath them. And so I literally lived like the Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle uh, learning about the investment management. And so I... I know what immorality looks like. I know what uh, bad financial advice looks like and uh, part of the reason why I left. So what I try to do, and maybe I didn't do a good enough job, maybe I did, is I want people to make, I want people to know that I'm, the first meeting and honestly the whole relationship is about them. It's about how can I make their life better and it's not about how much money they have to make me wealthier. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess with that, what what did I do or what didn't I do that would instill confidence that, um, you know, I, I am backed by that word fiduciary, that I actually am someone that puts your interests first? Um, yeah, I think you just kind of got to know me first and kind of, uh, you kind of showed me or, you know, told me that, um, you know, my finances come first instead of exactly what you said is mm-hmm. that you know, you're trying to, a fiduciary is a good word because I think you're looking out for my best interest. Um, and that you're, you're basically going to get paid based on making my, and you know, portfolio grow as much as possible Mm -hmm. and not just making money off of me. You know, we see Wolf of Wall Street and you're like, I don't want to end up like one of those suckers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that we'll get into guys in uh, part two tomorrow is like, so if you guys noticed in that episode, I did not talk about how I get paid, why I get paid, and really what it is that I actually even do. All I said was, hey, listen, these are the things that I need from you. I need these questions answered. And if you give me some time, I'll give you a recommendation later. And the reason I do that is because, I mean, although I probably had some answers right off the top of my bat, like for for John to implement, you know, if I wanted him to work with me, I don't, you know, what what good is that if I just jump into it? That's, That's trying to make a sale. So I... I want to actually take time and review my notes. I took notes during that. I mean, John can see it right now. I mean, it's scribbled all over the place, but I know what's important to him. I know my, how much money he has. I know how much money he's probably going to need. And I'm going to literally do a, di- a deep dive into what he currently has and make recommendations off of that. Whereas I would say the Wolf of Wall Street would be like, well, hey, you're a perfect candidate for you know this annuity yeah. or you, know, you need life insurance. Like That is what uh, I... I 
first off, I hate it. I hate that. And I'm also scared of it because that's the reason why people in my industry, um, are the second least trusted profession. Um, so, you know, John, I hope I, <laughs> I yeah, hope I instilled yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I hope I instilled that confidence in you. Cause if, if there's one thing I think that separates a good advisor from a bad advisor, it's that they, they want you to feel like you're in control and that you understand like my job. Um, even though I do trade for clients, like I'll make trades, they've given me that, uh, permission to make choices for, for that account, but I always communicate with them. But the, the one thing I think that good advisors do is they make sure their client understands why, why you're doing what you're in. Why are you in what you in? And, uh, most people don't do that. So, and we'll, we'll dive deep into that more tomorrow, uh, when we do the analysis part, but yeah, uh, I think one of the things that, um, you know, the audience should, should, uh, you know, be asking is, uh, what questions should we be asking? You Mm -hmm. know, what questions should the financial advisor, a good financial advisor be asking you? Mm -hmm. What kind of questions should I be asking in this meeting? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. So there's a lot of, a lot of answers to that, but if I was to break it down into the three most important questions, they are, so our industry is extremely regulated, but there is no education for, that type of thing. Like for a normal person, what questions should you be asking? There's Mm -hmm. no education for that. You don't know, but that's incredibly important. And it's incredibly important because bad and good financial advice is so minutely different. Like it's the difference between like uh, eggshell white and white. It's like, that is how closely related they are. Um, And the questions that I would say, if you had to break it down into three is the first thing is, is are you a fiduciary or do you act in a fiduciary capacity? Mm -hmm. And, that sounds like the exact same thing, right? But it's not. So like people like me, I'm an RIA uh, versus a broker dealer, a registered representative. And I, that's, I'm getting into the, the weeds here, but a registered representative only has to do what is suitable. They only have to do what's suitable. So I could sell you something that's extremely expensive, makes me a lot of money and fits. It, it, you kind of have to force the puzzle piece in there, but it'll fit. Mm. Whereas a fiduciary, they have to do the very best thing for you. And so that requires them to be more educated. It requires them to have more uh, morality. And it also requires them to sort of stay on top of stuff. Because if it becomes at one point not in your best interest, we have to tell you, hey, listen, I wouldn't recommend this anymore. Whereas when things are suitable with registered representatives, et cetera, they can wear two hats and, and, and they can have prior they can prioritize themselves as well as you um and obviously with your money you need to know that the person who's helping you with it has your best interest Mm -hmm. otherwise why work with them why would you want to work with somebody who's going to rip you off um so that's the first question is are you a fiduciary or do you work in a fiduciary capacity and then the second question is what are your like what's your experience so one of the issues that i faced john or that i faced is, you know, I'm 28 years old. The the average advisor, I think, age is like 57 years old. Okay. So age is a big deal. And most people don't want to have, you know, when I started, I was 22. No one wants a 22-year-old, you know, and you're 60. Mm-hmm. They don't want a 22-year-old giving you financial advice because it's like, well, what have you experienced in your life? And at that time, I was a little bitter about that. But it's now that I've been in the industry and I've dealt with I've dealt with poor people. I've dealt with rich people. I've dealt with kids who uh, trust fund kids who inherited money. The one thing I've, I've realized is that if I didn't do the uh, Wolf of Wall Street experience, I wouldn't have been exposed to so much. 
And so experience is incredibly important. And you need to you need to know that your advisors kind of been around, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, guess, yeah. Is, is kind of kind of what I would say. So you need to know their experience and you also need to know their qualifications. Um, the, the best way I can explain that, I think, is this. A lot of advisors in the industry. So to be able to buy and sell stocks, let's just use that. You have to pass a test called the Series 7. After that, you can do it. If anybody's willing to give you money to do it, you can buy and sell stocks. You need nothing else. And it's just that one test. Now, it's a tough test, but it's just that one test. Uh, There's, I don't know, maybe four PhD type or graduate level programs, CFP, CFA, CIMA, uh, these levels of education that separate people uh, like experience. So if you have someone who has those types of designations, they've gone through that sort of level of education. I mean, they've put in the time and the work and the experience to really say, hey, look, I am a financial advisor. I give advice. I don't sell stocks. So I would look at experience, education, and also if they're passionate. Those would be, uh, those would be the things I would look for. And so lastly, for the third thing I would I would. I would ask is really what are your fees? There are hidden fees all over the place. So just quickly, and I know I'm taking a long time with this question, but I had an advisor who was, and I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I just thought it was immoral, but there was a widow and she inherited like $1.1 million. He put her in an annuity, even though she already had all of her bare expenses covered. And so an annuity didn't make sense at all. It didn't make sense at all. Annuities, guys, are insurance products. They are meant to uh, cover you in case something happens in the market. That is the only purpose for it. And if anybody tells you anything different, they're lying to you. Annuities fit maybe 1% of people in the world. But sorry, I'll get over that rant. But that was, uh, he sold an annuity, made like $85,000. And he did 10 minutes worth of paperwork. So um, you need to know what those fees are. She never once asked how much money he was going to make. And she, he could have easily put her into like a nice diversified portfolio. Uh, she would have made probably $500,000. This probably happened in like 2015, 2016. She probably would have made $500,000 more being in a diversified portfolio paying 1% versus being in an annuity, which she paid 6%. Wow. So it's, and there's ongoing fees. Uh, so you guys need to know that. So when you ask an advisor, ask in which ways do you get paid and in which ways do you get feed as the client? Do you get feed? So which ways does the advisor get paid? Advisor get paid and which ways do you get feed? Awesome. Great information. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a lot. A lot of yeah, information, guys. Sorry. I know for something like, you know, I'm kind of a standard person out there, I'd say. So just like some of the information is kind of intimidating. And yeah, I would say yeah. it can't, you know, it almost makes you not want to go, not not going to the, the meeting, but kind of avoid, you know, getting a financial advisor because you're afraid this is going to happen to you. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. A uh, lot of people feel that way. Yeah. So I think just getting the information, having basic knowledge of this is definitely super helpful and you feel more comfortable in the meeting and, um yeah, super helpful for me. So going forward, the that's probably the thing I struggle with the most is I'm so obsessed with the morality of the industry and wanting to make sure that the client is so understanding of the information that it is. I increase the intimidation. I I put more intimidation on them. Um, so that's something that I need to work on is sort of getting to the point where I build the relationship with the client. 
uh, to where they just trust me. And I, every single client I have trusts me. They, uh, there is not a single client that um, babysits my decisions. They just trust me. But I had to build that. But with new clients, like I want to be able to give them the amount of information that they need and not the information that they want. Because most likely they need more than they want, mm-hmm. which is, unless you, it's like I have an engineer client who wants way more than he needs. But like most of these people, when I speak to them or financial advice is given to them, it goes right over their head, right? And so one thing that I know I can work on is giving people just enough to where they're like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing and he's moral. Uh, and those are two things that, I mean, if you don't have those two things, I wouldn't work with the advisor. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't work with them. But yeah, I mean, the, the information is intimidating. And I guess that's part, part of the reason why I love it is because it's intimidating. And the industry wants you to think it's difficult. And that's why it's intimidating. Uh, but it's really not. It's just a lot. It's just yeah. a lot of information. But that's why you hire somebody, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another question for you. Okay. So what are, yeah, what are the fees? You know, you know it's a, how does the payment structure work for... You know, I give you all this money, mm-hmm. right? You yep. manage it. So what do you, you get a percentage of that, right? And you yeah. negotiate at the end, you negotiate that percentage based on how much money I have or, you know, uh, I don't know if this is wrong, but I think if you have less money, the fees are higher. I don't, you know, I've only worked with one or two financial advisors. So, so. it's uh, that's, that is the great specific question you have to ask. And it depends. <laughs> it depends. So, I can speak in in multiple uh, facets here just because I've been on both sides. I've I've been on the uh, sell products, annuity side, and manage money as well as the fee based side. So, uh, I part of the reason I moved to independent financial planning and, and investment management is because I have control of my fees. When I worked at that last firm, I had to fee people what they told me I had to fee them. Mm-hmm. But the the pitch that they gave us to tell new clients if they asked, hey, well, so what are the fees? This is the pitch they would give us. So just ask me real quick. So what are your fees? So what are your fees? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great question, John. Let me tell you, we get paid in three ways. So the first is if there's a product that we sell you. So say there's an annuity or a life insurance product that really fits your needs. Uh, There is an upfront commission that gets paid to us. Now you don't pay that. The the insurance company pays that to us. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't come out of your investment at all. Uh, And then the second way is that if we manage your money, we do charge a a percentage-based fee. So if say you gave us $100,000 to invest for you, we would charge you 1%. And so therefore we'd make $1,000 that first year. And obviously if we performed well, we would get more money because it's a percentage basis and then if we performed uh, worse for you then we would get a lower uh, fee and the third way John that we get paid is a financial planning fee so a lot of our clients like to work with us in a complete capacity in which case that means that we're your guy and by being your guy we do everything for you. So a financial plan will be drawn up and we charge usually between three and $10,000 based upon the complexity of that fee or the financial plan. And then at the end, at the end of that experience, it usually takes us about two months to put one together. Uh, we get together and we give you our recommendations and then you can choose to implement with us or not. But because of the extensive process and time and calculation it takes, we do have to charge that upfront fee of three to $10,000. And uh, then we go from there. But those are the three ways we, we, we get paid. Gotcha. So how horrible does that sound? I, I mean, it sounds yeah, good I, because I... It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds... Uh, I've, you know, you're not... If you're someone new going into this, it's kind of 
you know, a little scary, you know, I'd, I'd say a little bit. But, you know, based on what you said, you know, makes the, the fiduciary thing is kind mm-hmm. of what makes the most sense to me. If you if you get charged a percentage, it's your performance is based on you your, know, your, how well you yeah. do. If you yep. do terrible, you know, so obviously your interest, you're doing what's in my best interest because it's in your best interest, yeah. right? You know, if you make more money. So I think that's... Yeah, that makes more sense. So, right? and just to, and I'll, ex- I'll explain this tomorrow because it'll be in, within the role playing here. But uh, just to give you guys a breakdown, I get paid now. I just charge a, a percent. I don't, I, financial plans to me are incredibly ridiculous. They are ridiculous and unnecessary. And it's just another cash cow. It's just another cash grab for these financial advisors. And, you know, if you're a financial advisor listening to this and you disagree with that, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I, I don't agree. Um, they're not as complicated as they make people, as they make it out to seem. And uh, so I, I charge a, a percentage. And so I, depending upon what clients want, if they want a active management style, I charge about one, maybe one and a quarter, depending upon assets, uh, 1.25%. And then I do give discounts for like friends and family. So if I have a friend whose assets I manage, I charge them 0.8. doesn't matter if it's a million dollars or if it's a hundred dollars, they get 0.8. Um, and for people who are of high net worth. So for example, I I have a couple millionaire clients, they're on a tiered schedule. So if someone has a million dollars, boom, it's 1%. The second it goes to 1.5, it goes down to 0.9. And then it's slowly, you know, it's, it's tiered the more assets you get. Um, but that's like, that is how it is. I don't charge any other fee, even though I'm capable of it. Like I'm allowed to, I just don't like it. I just, and that makes me like the, the fact that you said that is yeah, the percentage, um, commission for you makes more sense right mm-hmm. it feels safe if i'm like oh i'm giving you this money you get one percent um and based on how well the the portfolio performs you get more money that just seems yep. safe to me when i hear about like an upfront fee of ten thousand dollars uh you know i'm not not feeling too good let's just say that so <laughs> right. so then that's how it should work you know it makes sense you're incentivized to to perform for me you know yeah yeah, I mean, I know I've been doing a lot of talking, guys, but these these questions are important, and I'm and I'm thankful John was uh was able to come in and ask these questions just so you could hear how someone would actually address it. Um, but I mean, how did did you have any other thoughts about how that first meeting went, or? Um, no, yeah, just the the first meeting was great. Yeah, just just to get to know me, and you know, kind of the vibe i hate to say vibe but yeah <laughs> actually trying to, to to help me out and not you know wolf of wall street me basically just makes me f- feel more at ease and that you're getting a percentage and you know explaining that all to me it makes me feel more at ease you know yeah so uh guys we're gonna we're gonna end here but on that note the the how do i say this okay so i'll tell you about uh what like the third meeting i ever had it was with a, uh, a hospital executive. So just, just to give you guys an example, uh, in this industry, if you pass your tests and you're personable and you're good with people, the people above you will just throw you to the wolves. They'll say, okay, go figure it out. Go talk to people. Go get clients. And it sucks. A lot of people don't like that word sucks, but it sucked. It's one of the worst industries in the world, I think, for people just starting. Uh, that's why a lot of people don't make it. But my third meeting, I, I met with a hospital executive and this dude brought a binder. He brought a binder with him. And I'm looking at that binder and I'm intimidated. And he, 
that whole meeting, we were just talking about him. I talked about what he loved, what he wanted to do with his money, etc. And they don't teach you that. But I was so scared to get into the specifics of advice that I just wanted to learn about him. And like, I was like, okay, how do I just, how do I just talk to him? How do I just keep this going? Um, and at the end of the meeting, which was like two hours long, he goes, you know what? You're the first person who didn't ask me what was in the binder or how much money I had. Mm -hmm. And I got him as a client and I didn't really deserve him. I wasn't ready for that kind. I mean, he was a millionaire and I didn't deserve him as a client, but I, because I took that approach of, and it was by accident, but I didn't care about how much money he had. I care about who he was as a person. And I, that is what you need in a financial advisor. If they first thing they ask is how much money you have, or if an advisor has a minimum, I, I just think that that is a, uh, that's an immediate red flag. Um, but, uh, that's it. That's it guys. I, I know this is a little bit longer of an episode, but I wanted to follow up with our meeting so you could hear John and I's interaction about it. Um, do you have anything else, John, before we close off? No, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it, guys. Uh, John, thank you again very much uh, for coming on. And uh, guys, as always, invest early, invest often. We will see you tomorrow.